Bloody Elbow presents exclusive fighter interviews. This special show gives you a series of exclusive combat sports interviews as conducted by members of the Bloody Elbow staff. <laughs> no, yeah, true. I have a few jokes that he has in the stand-up. Yeah, they, uh, I, I, I gave him, I say, you think that's funny? Yeah, he uses them, actually. Did you meet him on Here Comes the Boom? No, I met him, I know, 25 years. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I met him within three months when I moved to America. Really? Yeah, he oh, already wow. told me, because he used to watch my fights in Japan with Joe Rogan. They would okay. two of them watch oh, the, the okay. pay-per-views. The Pancreas fights and all yeah. that? That's awesome. So, uh, and then, that was the first year of King of Queens. He lived in a one-bedroom apartment with his brother. Wow. That's how I met him. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. quite different now. Yeah. But same guy. Never changed the well, here we are, Karate Combat 37 in Orlando. You've been with Karate Combat since its uh, first event ever, which I believe was in Miami. Miami, yes. So, from then until now, what would you say are the biggest changes that the company has implemented to get to where they are now? I think the rules, in the beginning there was no uppercuts, then they added uppercuts, you know, and they started slowly but surely adapting to the rules, but also the fighters. Because the fighters came from Point Karate, right? So you saw guys in a fight, and then they would they would connect, and they would stop. They go, yeah, they stopped. The other guy kept going, and they go, oh, yes, it's full contact. You got to keep on going. So, but then right away, of course, they start taking kickboxing classes and boxing right. classes, and then the next time you saw them back, and then you see so the evolution to see all these guys who got from Point Karate to full contact, you know, to see that change, and and what an amazing athletes they are. Well, let's face it, we got Olympic level athletes here, mm-hmm. you know, who mm-hmm. fight full contact. So, yeah, that's really refreshing to see. And also you see the, the, the evolution of using the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the pit, the way they're walking up the pit now. We saw already somebody take somebody down, ran up first so he got more height and then dropping him. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that flying off already with a knee. Uh, we saw that. We yet have to see the first knockout, the, the, the Pettis, right? Showtime Pettis. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to make it whatever we're going to call it, that person who's going to do it here in the Karate Combat Pit. Awesome. So you're talking about the rules developing. Do you think we'll see um, maybe elbows get added at all? Or? I don't think so. Elbows, I, I would also stay away from. The reason The reason why, and, and also in MMA I had that, but elbows, and I fought with elbows still mm-hmm. in MMA. Um, but it's it's most of the time it's cuts. You know, like from the from the hundred fights that got stopped, maybe two by knockout with an elbow, and the rest will all will be cuts by. You see, and it's, yes, and then eventually people started knocking out more people. I always said, I prefer rather on the ground adding knees to the face, like right. they did in Pride, because those will knock you out. Correct. But an elbow, you know, if you lose by a cut, well. You're not really losing, right? If it's in the, on the street, you're not going to stop, right? You're bleeding. It's a flesh wound, right? right <laughs> you right, just right, keep right. on going. So, and elbows also, that makes the fight closer by. And we want to stay away from the clinch. We want to see, uh, show the people at home the beautiful techniques. And that's why also, you know, we, we they don't do the normal low kicks. They do the calf kicks. Because most of the time you kick those with the instep, you know? So the fight is further away. And you better can enjoy the techniques that those guys have. And the cat kick has really come up lately. I mean, it used to be everyone's just you know kicking the leg, kicking yeah. the leg, the thigh, and now we're seeing more and more people go to the calf. Um, when you started your training, your martial arts journey, was a calf kick something that was around, or is that something kind of a new development that we see used? Yeah, people stop doing it later. You know, I would do if I see somebody checking my low kicks, I'll kick a little lower because then I'm going to kick the calf. 
Because what people don't realize is, for instance, when you lift your leg, your lower leg is relaxed. So the muscles are relaxed. If you hit it from the side next to the, next to the tibia, the fibia, the, the smaller one, mm. that breaks very easy. And if you sidestep and kick a calf that is relaxed, they break the bone. That, that's what happens. That's the same when somebody gets hit with a gut shot. If you are breathing, you can do 5,000 sit-ups a day. But if you breathe in and get hit, that's when you go down. Same with low kicks. You know, If you push somebody and his, his leg is weightless, the muscles, and then you kick uh, with, with your shin, yeah, that's one or two kicks, the fight's going to be over. You see, so calf kicks, they're super effective, you know, and especially when they start checking kicks because then they lift, and like I said, then the muscle is relaxed. Nowadays, these guys, they train with it, they know when to flex them, so that gives them a little bit of a, a, an advantage. But still, you know, it's and, and it's a risky kick to throw as well because with your foot, if you hit the shin bone, and I'm talking about the TBR, the big one, mm-hmm. you're going to break your foot. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to make sure that you're set. And my stance, for instance, I have an open stance. And my toes from my left foot point to the right. So you keep me with the right, you're going to kick right on my shin. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you're going to hit my calf. Now, inside low kicks, you can. But I know that. And most of the time, in a bladed position, you can't develop a lot of power like that. Uh, this is easy right. to counter, you see. So sometimes you have to adjust your stance. And I've already been talking to these fighters here. You know, but you have a good guy who, who's predominantly kicking calf kicks the whole time. I would really change your stance to an open stance because then once those shin bones stick out, trust me, they're not going to kick you. <laughs> they're going to hurt each other themselves. You've been here throughout five weeks. I remember on Wednesday you were training with Owen Charmin. Yep. Do you think he's got the potential to become like the breakout star for Europe? You know, he's got he's got the looks, he's got personality. The McGregor comparisons are inevitable. Do you yeah. think he's got that that potential? Yeah, he certainly has. You know, and also his fighting styles. Like Edgar Scrivens, also. You know, they constantly come to fight, and it doesn't matter winning or losing, and he's winning. You know, four zero, so he, he's doing great with it. But he's always it's his style, and everybody knows what he's going to do. It's very hard to prepare for that because you know if you're a really great striker but you get pushed backwards, that's why I give that's the information I give my students if they fight a really good striker. Like if I fight an Anderson Silva or a freaking Raymond Daniels, you better believe I'm not going to give him space. I'll be loading up on stamina. That's the only thing I'm going to do because I'm going to push that fight. I'm going to be in his face the whole time because if I let him go, <laughs> you're going to get kicked with kicks you've never seen before. Yeah. You know, so you simply cannot have low kicks, low kicks, close this, low kicks constantly. You got to slaughter the legs first because you have to stop this movement mm-hmm. otherwise it's a problem if you look at the rest of the card as well it's like stacked with bangs like you've got yep. Raga you've got Ericsson and Tariq that's got like some real spice to it yep. even Nunes you know that little face off there there was a lot of almost animosity yeah yeah it's, it, it's almost, it almost feels like we're seeing Karate Combat 2.0 because at the beginning you know it's based on a lot of respect and all that yep. kind of stuff are you enjoying the fact that we're getting a bit of needle that we're seeing, you know, this confrontation at the head-to-head face-offs? Yeah, you know, but what do I always say, you know? I said, this, this is the great thing about karate. They, they get in each other's face, but you see always the respect afterwards. They bow at each other. Uh, um, with Tarek and uh, Ericsson, they were going on. At the end, they were hugging each other, shook, shook each other's hands, and then were, you see, so they know, yes, they get angry and they will, they will talk in the ring, but you know, they both know, well, it's his job, it's my job, we're going to have to do this, you know, and it's always, for some fighters, it's good to not like the other person. For me, it's not. I try to avoid everything, whatever they say about me, I don't read anything because I'm a hothead, you know, and I do know that it, but if I get angry, I'm going to lose control. Yeah, if you lose control, like, I always tell people, like, if I'm fighting, I punch from here, right, poof. If I'm angry, I'm going to do this. I'm going to load up. Now, now I'm telegraphing. You see, so I try always say, hey, boss, did you hear what he said about you? He said, don't freaking tell me. I don't want to hear it, especially not on day, fight day. You know, I had a coach one time in my last fight. It was so funny. 
he took me to the side after, but he never worked with me before. He was my strength and conditioning guy. And he says, boss, can I see you out to the dressing room? He goes, sure. So I'm walking with him. I go, what's up? He goes, uh, this guy tries to steal food away from your family. I go, stop it right there. I said, I don't need this dog. I'm good. He goes, are you sure? I say, yeah, I don't want to get angry. Dude. I'm going to lose control. I need to be perfect. Zen, you know. And trust me, I got a lot of anger in me, but I let it go when I want to let it go, you know. So, uh, yeah, once, once emotions start clouding your mind, that's when you make mistakes. Look at politics right now, right? They don't even listen to you what you say anymore because they hate one person so much that they don't even hear. All the good, they can do everything good to the world, they, they don't want to hear it. And that's the same in fighting. You know, you do something like that, you're going to lose control, and when you lose control, you lose. Boss, we were talking, you mentioned before, uh, Raymond Daniels comes from a sport party background, so does Robin Bois, and a few other fighters in quite combat. If there were fighters out there in the sports starting world today, they would say they're doing great, but what would you say they need to add if they want to compete in an organization like Karate Combat? For those guys, those guys, they need to go immediately. That's what I would do. Sign up for Thai boxing classes, okay, kickboxing classes. You know, stay away from the. Well, these actually are legal, so uh, and that's you know that's actually kickboxing because kickboxing is also you can't clinch but you can't throw knees. Uh, me personally, I always train my fighters without holding because nobody's doing it. I always say when you're different than somebody, anybody, everybody else, that's when you're going to be effective. You know, if I give you three hooks and out and I throw a roundhouse knee to the body, nobody expects that because they never did it to them in training. And if they've never seen it before, chances you're going to be successful with it are very high. Now, I want to ask you something. I always ask during an interview: if your life did intersect with the martial arts, let's say you never got involved with martial arts, what would you be doing today? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional, I'm a chef. I, I went four years to culinary school. Wow. So the French cuisine, yeah. So I probably would be that. Or I always thought about video editing, like uh, making trailers. I always enjoyed doing that, just myself. Like sometimes I make videos and people go like, who put it together for you? I go, I did that. They go, you did that? Yeah, it's because I just enjoy things like this. It's, 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 uh, it takes a lot of time. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, to, to, to promote a movie, for instance, and you have to explain it in 45 seconds, you know, to do a good job with that, that that's, a, that's a cool business to have because if you get really good at that, you know, it's a fun fun thing to do, yeah. So that, and I always thought about DJing. I thought that, uh, but I, I believe we'll go back to my roots, which is being a, a chef. Do you still cook today? Still yeah, cook? yeah, I, I still cook. And, uh, you know, Christmas and all these times, I'll make a whole freaking five... Course. No, no YouTube of uh, this is this is Boss Christmas dinner. Today, this is what we're doing. Boom! And we've got to add this in. That'd be big hit. I, yeah, maybe I should think about it. My wife bought me in a freaking uh, whole outfit. You know, she says she got to do that. And we put all like a, a karate gi or like a, a jiu-jitsu gi. We put all these promotions on it on purpose, you know. And then you're cooking with a hat on. I think it would be funny. So hey, who knows? I still have it. So I'm waiting for that. No, that sounds great. I remember back in the day you had the Boss Root in the Street Defense. Yeah. Greatest videos. If anyone's ever seen them, go check them out. They're yeah. fantastic. So maybe you can reinvent the series, but maybe a cooking version, how to defend yourself in the kitchen while cooking. Oh, jeez, with <laughs> knives and with pants? That's yeah, it. The whole I mean, you watch, uh, what is it called? Uh, la, 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 la. Uh, with that long hair. Um, with Goldilocks. Uh, well, no, it's not Goldilocks. 
It's the it's the, the Disney movie, the girl with the long hair. Oh, Rapunzel. Rapunzel, yeah. yeah. But the, the movie that has a different name. It's not oh, Rapunzel. Tangled. 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 Yeah. You know, and then with the, he starts hitting with the pants. Right, and I think yeah. he goes, but they really work. And I go like, wow, yeah, it really works. We got some weight on it. If you have like a really like one of those steak fries, those really heavy ones, mm-hmm. that's a weapon right there. And of course, yeah, you get all the knives, you got the corkscrews, you got, I mean. I would tune in. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, Wine openers. And- uh, um, 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 he's my favorite freaking actor, Denzel Washington, ah. right? In uh, what is the Equalizer? <laughs> when he hits the freaking corkscrew into his face, you know, you see it in, inside his mouth. Yeah, a lot of weapons there. Yeah, <laughs> you're, not, you're not violent at all. No, no, no right. It's, it's practical. It's a tip. You know, you just, I always say it's a, it's good to be a little bit of paranoid. You know. You always need to be ready. You never know. If you go into a place and you know, well, I will know where, where, where the exits are. You know, this is a thing that I just you just do. And, and in the beginning, you have to look for it. But you do it five times, it's automatically you walk in and you already know it's there. And it's there. And see, it's, it's just those things are good to know. And playing games with your kids, you know, the waiter comes and, you know, if they have a name tag and you walk away, I say, what's the name? And then my kids go, I can the name because, you know, I'm going to ask you. You see, so and once you start doing that, and you know your situational awareness is everything, right? I mean, if you if you look at the uh, the, the security in, in, in this country here, I think 85 to 87 percent is prevented before it even starts mm-hmm. because the intelligence is so good. But you get it there too. If you decide in the morning to walk out and just walk to your car, you don't even look around. Yeah, you set yourself up for that's the same with women. You know your situational awareness. You park your car. Yeah, it's during the day. When you're gonna back, go back. You're gonna be back at night. Yeah. Is that a good spot when you come back? Is there light? Is there, you know. Those things you have to simply start thinking about, especially nowadays. It's a dangerous world. You know, if somebody, if you park a car and you're in a parking garage, nobody's around, and then a woman sits there, and does it, it's a guy's shotgun sitting in a car next to her, is it smart to get out of the car? You know, maybe you get out. It's okay because then he cannot open. But, but you know, there's things that you have to think about, just making sure. Uh, because it's a crazy world right now. And people it is, say, no, oh, it never happens. I say, you have a million home invasions every year here in America. A million. Think about that. It is a you very know? crazy world. Yep. Speaking of crazy, you're an OG of, of, of martial arts in general. I mean, you've been there. You've done that. You, you are highly respected in the martial arts community. What is your opinion on this new wave of celebrity boxing that's going on? YouTubers, influencers, Jake Paul's out here. He just boxed Anderson Silva. Do you think this is good for combat sports? Is it bad for combat sports? What no, it's like it? in the begin, in the past, you know, when you had two guys and they fought, fought each other and they, they didn't really train and they were swinging for the fence. No. Like Jake one. Paul, I got to say, I have a lot of respect for the guy. I mean, he, he, but he trains like, you know, like a boxer. You know, he gets up, he lives and breathes it, you know, and the message that he sent after the knockout from Tyron Woodley when he knocked him out, he said, listen, in boxing, it, it, it just put me back to, to a place, uh, you know, where I'm supposed to be. He says, now I realize I was always the bully, you know, and, and, and boxing really set, myself, set me straight. And, you know, so once guys start talking like that, you know, what is not to love? And, and he's performing. Mm-hmm. Yes, Anderson Silva, and he's older. I get, it's freaking Anderson Silva, you know, and he's a really freaking good fighter. So for a Jay Paul to still get that victory, you know, I think he's doing a phenomenal job. Do you think we'll ever see him box uh, a, a champion boxer, maybe like a Canelo? Do you think that'll ever transpire? Oof, yeah, now, now you go right away to the very top, like Canelo's. <laughs> um, you never know with a guy like that. Yeah. You know, if he builds his... Okay, guys, before they become a pro, they already had 80 amateur matches. Right. Well, he didn't have that privilege, right? He went right away pro. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's a big thing already. And now he's facing. Yeah, sure, he fights people, you know, when he picks them up right now. But still, Anderson Silva is a retired Woodley. You know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, yeah, but he's not really a striker. Still, he's an athlete. He's been striking a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been he's been doing that his whole career. So for him to come in and still pull that off, right? And know, I mean, it's not to... like an average Joe can go in there and knock out Tyron Woodley. Like, that's not that's it. To that's what I mean. Yeah. And then you look at his brother Logan Paul. And when I see him doing pro wrestling, these guys are freaking athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. They, if, if people bag on them, I go, I don't understand it because I think they, but they also do, they bring awareness to the pay and to, you know, so it's it's never good. The other organizations start realize, wait a minute, freaking Tyron Woodley got maybe a million, two million bucks. Ben Askren got a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know. But, mm-hmm. You see, and Ben Askren, that was a different thing, you know. He, he's a wrestler, you know, he, he's not a boxer. Because I thought that it was going to be an MMA match, I go, oh, he's going to fold him up. But then somebody said boxing, and I go, he, he shouldn't be boxing. He, he's not a good boxer. He's a great fighter. Right. Because boxing and fighting are two different things, different. right? Boxing is boxing. Fighting is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can be Mike Tyson. If Ben Askren gets you on the ground, you're going to have a problem. Right. You know, but it's... If, if Mike lands a punch, yeah. And he's just... Uh, he, I'm a big, huge Mike Tyson fan. He's so powerful. Like a, one more question for you. What does karate combat look like in 10 years? I think it's going to be huge. I, I truly believe so. I already have a lot of people coming to me who are kickboxing champions and they want to go into karate combat. And I told them, I said, you have a black belt in karate. No. I said, well, then you're going to have to wait. But I truly believe that. And I already, I think there's talk about that in 2023 or 24, they're going to open the gates for everybody. Wow. You know, so what they're doing right now, and it's very smart, is giving all these karate guys who used to be, fight point karate, they give them the chance to build themselves up. And once the level is there, boom. Then we start coming. And you see already the fights, uh, Hocha and, uh, and, and Joshua Kwehe. And Kwehe is a really good mixed martial artist, you know. Those are great fights. See? So I think the level's getting really close to all the strikers outside. And uh, and, and you see it. I'm mm-hmm. Raymond Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, Varga. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are elite strikers, you know. And of course, yeah, Agaev, but he's never fought real full contact. Only three times here on the, right. the pit. But still, he's also growing in it. Mm-hmm. He gets better every single time. So... Yeah, I, once the, the gates open for everybody, I think it's going to be very interesting. Awesome. Boss, thank you so much for taking out the time. You're very welcome. Thank you for being such an outstanding member of the martial arts community. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivisection, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive fighter interviews, show money, guest podcasts, the Hey Not the Face podcast, and radio style play by play for every UFC pay per view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>